Good evening. This is Christmas Eve 2023, and I've had to pre-record this because I'm actually on the road right now to Oregon, and uh, Lord willing, before midnight tonight, we'll be in uh, with family here in, in Oregon. But I wanted to leave a message for you because I really wish I could spend Christmas Eve with you, and I had some thoughts about Christmas Eve that I uh, hope to encourage you with. Now, in your imagination, go back with me a little bit in, in, in time, 2,000 years or so, to that first Christmas. Not Christmas Eve. Jesus has been born. The shepherds are out there on the hillside. Of course, Mary and Joseph are in the stable, in with the animals, because there's no room with, for them in the inn. I can imagine that Mary is exhausted, tired, having just given birth to her son. Jesus, her firstborn son. She's exhausted. She's tired. Of course, there's, a, there's an excitement there for her first baby. Uh, Jesus is just a baby doing what babies do, needing attention. And uh, Joseph running around, uh, uh, trying to take care of his wife, trying to take care of baby Jesus. They are focused on that little baby. The shepherds, some distance away, they don't even know what's going on. They just know it's been another long day. They're done for the day. They're sitting around the fire. Maybe they're swapping stories. I've stayed with shepherds in Mongolia before. You get the animals finally all in the spots they're supposed to be. The uh, sheep calm down. The goats, they're chewing their cud. Some of them are sleeping. It's nighttime. You've got some shepherds posted so that... Uh, uh, the animals are protected from danger. And now the shepherds that have free time, they're just talking. Not much else to do, talking. Maybe they have some simple games that they play, swapping stories. When suddenly the night is ablaze with luminous creatures in the sky. Now, we know them as angels. That's, the Bible tells us they're angels. But these shepherds, they don't see angels every day. And here they are. And they are saying, glory to God in the highest, and on, peace, on earth, peace, goodwill to men. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. That's the message that they had for the shepherds on that first uh, Christmas evening. And, of course, they tell the shepherds to go into the town, into the city of David. They're going to find uh, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I just want to focus on those, on the one verse, those three phrases in Luke chapter 2 and verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Let's take these in reverse. Let's start with the on earth, goodwill toward men. Some of you, even this evening, may not feel like God has much goodwill towards you. You may even be surprised at this statement. And maybe you're just thinking, well, he has goodwill towards men in general, towards mankind, men and women, but me, he seems to have forgotten me. Normally, when we feel this way, it's because we have troubles. We have financial troubles. We have relationship troubles. We have car troubles. Uh, maybe there's a trouble at work. Maybe there's trouble at home. Uh, maybe there's trouble and turmoil in your own mind. But I want you to consider for a minute, what is the source of that trouble? 
Is it God not having goodwill towards you? Or is there some other source? Let's uh, take this trouble with relationships. Maybe a trouble with a parent or trouble with a child. Maybe it's a trouble with a, a spouse. I hope not. And you feel like if God really had goodwill toward me, this relationship would be solved. Well, the truth is, God does have goodwill toward us. On earth, goodwill toward men is the announcement that the angels made. At the same time, he gives us choices. We call it free agency. We are free to make choices, even sinful choices. And if you will consider your own relationships, so often the reason that there is trouble and that there is turmoil in those relationships is because somebody has made the sinful, selfish choice. Maybe it's you who's made that sinful, selfish choice. I've observed several men, particularly over the years, but even women who in their sinfulness and their selfishness have only lived for themselves, trying to manipulate and control all the people around them. They've driven everyone away and they are terribly unhappy. And if you talk to them, it's always everyone else's fault. And that's the trouble. They've never done anything wrong. It's everyone else who's mistreated them and misjudged them and betrayed them. But if you trace the source of their trouble right back, it's their own sinfulness and selfishness. Now, maybe you're on the other side of that. Sometimes the relationship trouble we have is not that God lacks goodwill toward us. It is that people are sinful and selfish, and maybe they have treated you unjustly. Maybe they have betrayed you, and that hurts. And especially at a time uh, like this time of year when we often meet with family members, an injustice, especially by a family member, a dear friend, a betrayal can be particularly troublesome. But that's not God. That's sin. That's someone else's selfishness. And even in that, God has goodwill toward you. But sometimes it's not sin or selfishness on either side particularly, although there's always sin and, and selfishness in the world. I am convinced that the Bible teaches us that. God puts irritants in our lives to conform us to the image of His Son. He puts people in our lives that we find difficult to get along with, difficult to deal with, because He's conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ. Now, we love to quote that verse, Romans 8, 28. Just yesterday, I was talking about it with someone. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. But verse 29 says what that purpose is. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. See the context? The all things working together for good is not that you and I always get what we want because we don't. The all things working together for good is not a blanket guarantee that you're going to be happy with the outcomes. The all things working together for good is you, God's daughter, God's son, being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son. 
And Christmas is a reminder, yes, Christmas is a reminder that God has good will toward us. Every time I need a reminder that God has good will towards me, I remember that he gave his son. And he gave his son, not just sent him to earth to be human, which Jesus was very man. He was human. He sent him to the earth to die for us. Elizabeth Elliot said it this way, those hands that keep a million worlds spinning in place were nailed motionless to a cross for us. And if you need any convincing, if you need any encouragement that God has good will towards you, be reminded that Jesus Christ is born. Born a baby, yes, grew to be a man, yes, and then died in my place, died in your place, because truly God does love us. And when those angels proclaimed goodwill to men, they were primarily talking about the fact that there is a Savior. The second phrase that we'll look at this evening is peace on earth, peace. Now what's interesting is, God does desire peace on this earth. And frankly, even at the time these angels were announcing on earth peace, there was no peace in the sense that we think of political and social peace. There were certainly wars going on and battles and conflicts and interpersonal troubles and uh, people being oppressed. Even at the very time these angels are proclaiming on earth peace, goodwill to men. The peace is primarily between us and God. Remember, when we're born, we're enemies of God. We are in rebellion against Him. And if God had not bridged that gap between us and Him, we would still be at war with Him. The peace that God promises, the peace that God promises is not political peace or social peace not uh, merely the absence of unrest or the absence of war, that what God promises us is peace with Him. That we no longer need to be at enmity with God. We're no longer, we no longer need to be in a rebellion against Him. We can have peace with God. The angels proclaimed peace. Now, I want you to be thankful for the peace that we have here in the United States. With the exception of Pearl Harbor in December of 1941 and New York City in September of 2001, uh, the United States has not had a major attack on American soil since the Civil War. Not had a major battle to fight, haven't lost thousands of people. We can be grateful for the peace and the prosperity and the protection that we experience here in the United States. But even in places around the world where there is currently war and killing and mayhem, God still proclaims on earth peace. The peace that comes by knowing His Son, Jesus Christ. But why is there still war today? Wars today. There's a war in Ukraine. And whichever side you would find yourself on, it's deadly. And there's a war in Gaza. And whatever side you find yourself on, and even if you're not trying to take sides, it's deadly there in Gaza. 
the reason there is still war, the reason there is no peace, political and social peace on earth, again, goes back to our selfishness and our sinfulness. Because if we would look at that first phrase, glory to God in the highest, we would see the key to peace on earth and goodwill toward men. If every human being was focused on exalting God and glorifying Him, there would be peace, and there would be prosperity, and there would be goodwill toward men. God deserves all of His glory. God deserves to be worshipped. God deserves to be praised. They sang glory to God in the highest. God is high and exalted and above all His creation. He's independent of His creation. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He doesn't become stronger the more we praise Him, and He doesn't become weaker the more we ignore Him. God is completely independent. He deserves wor worship. He deserves sincere praise. He really is great and mighty. And when those angels came and said, glory to God in the highest, they were just doing what comes naturally to angels, that is, praising God. Our struggles, our lack of peace, the lack of goodwill on earth is due to our rebellion against God. And even tonight, let me remind you, God calls us to live in such a way that men can see our good works and glorify Him, our Father, who is in heaven. Matthew 5, 16 says it this way, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. You want peace on earth? You want goodwill toward men? Let's start with you and I. Instead of focusing on what we can get at Christmas time, focusing on exalting God, focusing on glorifying Him, focusing on changing our lives so our lives bring glory and honor to Him. Leo Tolstoy said, Everyone thinks of changing the world, no one thinks of changing himself. Here at Christmas time, let me encourage you. Think about changing yourself. What can you do to make Christmas time better for you and for your family and those around you? Before I close this evening, let me do two things. Let me wish you a very Merry Christmas. And let me leave you with a benediction from Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. The benediction says, Now the God of hope, Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost.